Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today the show is about our postpartum bodies. What would it look like if instead of trying to bounce back to our pre-pregnancy frames, we embrace the new changes, stretch marks, jiggly bellies, and all? I talk with Ashley Wells-Jackson about how she's helping hundreds of women do just that through the Fourth Trimester Body Project. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as the newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to thefirst8days.com slash birthful. That's with the number eight, thefirst8days.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas-to-be. I want to thank you once again for all the love you're giving the show. And here's a quick reminded, reminder that I would be so happy and grateful if you could rate the show on iTunes. To do that, go to birthful.com review, click on the view in iTunes link, and then click on ratings and reviews and give us as many stars as you think we deserve. So all it takes is one link and three clicks, including those stars, starting from birthful.com review. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So today I am talking with Ashley Wells Jackson from the Fourth Trimester Bodies Project. And Ashley is a light chaser, photographer, and writer currently calling Sweet Chicago home. She lives with her husband, Jeremy, son, Savior. Did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and surviving identical twin daughter Nova. She is the, the owner of Windy City Pinup, Ashley Well Jackson Photography, and video producer for Jackson Media. She has recently shifted gears to focus full-time on Fourth Trimester Bodies Project with her partner Laura Witsey Wilson through ongoing travel shoots, body positive talks, and gallery shows. So when this whole thing started... You did you ever imagine it would become a two-year full-time project? You know, yes and no. Um, you know, making this passion project into a global movement that really changed people's thoughts and ideas absolutely was was a goal from the start. Um, but how quickly it would pick up and how large it would become, um, you know, on the ongoing production and travel and meeting and working with women side of things, um, we were blown away pretty quickly and continue to be. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I, I mean, I know that I love seeing all the different shapes of moms that pop up pop up in my Instagram feed as you publish more and more photos almost daily. And it just it, it's like the happy moment of my morning. I'm looking through I'm like, oh, look at the mom and their babies and how happy they look. <laughs> For those listeners who may not be familiar with the project, can you explain what it's all about? Absolutely. So at its core, Fourth Trimester Bodies Project is a photo documentary. Um, We photograph women who are mothers um, in any postpartum period they choose. So, you know, technically Fourth Trimester is that first three months after birth. Um, For us, it's limitless. Um, We've worked, our eldest client to date is an 86-year-old great-grandmother. We've worked with adoptive moms and foster moms and stepmoms and surrogate moms as well as birth moms. Um, And we've also worked with moms um, of loss who don't have any living children to show for their pregnancies. 
Um, so the photos that we take are beautiful, milky, black and white images of moms in their underwear so that you can actually see their bodies. Um, sometimes women choose to shoot with their children. Sometimes they, shoot, they choose to shoot by themselves. Uh, but either way, they're captured. Um, you know, we, we find an element of joy. Um, and we really just want those images out there to normalize what our bodies look like after giving birth and, and during pregnancy. Um, the ways that breastfeeding changes our bodies as well are things that we like to talk about. Um, so we share those images in an online gallery along with a woman's story um, that's captured during an interview. And we also are putting together a series of books and do gallery shows and talks. Fantastic. So how, what made you start all this? You know, there's a, there's a couple of reasons, and I'll try to keep it brief because I feel like this is a part that I can talk about forever. Um, <laughs> I've always been an advocate of body positivity, um, and honestly, that's something that was easy for me because I grew up in a household where nudity was normalized. Our bodies were just these vessels that we got to carry around and helped us to do things. Um, they were strong. They were beautiful. Um, so I never questioned my body's beauty or strength. Um, in my line of work, working with women um, in a photography realm, I became exposed to how blatantly women, um, you know, have issues with their bodies um, and see that in sessions with women all the time, whether it's a model or whether it's an everyday woman who's come in for a session. Um, as somebody who works in media, I see what other people in the media do to women, what the dialogue is, what the mold is that we're told time and again. Um, and as a photographer who is fluent in Photoshop, um, I see what some of my peers do post-processing to, again, make women kind of fit that mold with stretching and, and snipping and airbrushing. Um, and that has always been something that I've been very uncomfortable with. That said, it was a nice thing that I, again, personally identified with. Um, you know, I've been a mom for much of my career. Um, my son's birth and pregnancy, um, you know, had some promise to it. But my body, you know, was changed in ways that I was still really proud of and felt whole and felt strong. Um, and all that changed for me um, just before we began this project. I was pregnant with beautiful, identical twin girls. And um, about midway through my pregnancy, things kind of went tragically wrong. Um, we learned that our girls were affected from twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome, and my daughter Aurora passed away. Um, I delivered just a couple weeks later at 24 weeks via emergency cesarean. And um, not being able to keep my babies alive and not being able to birth them the way that I had hoped and not being able to carry to term. Um, and then having a scar and my cesarean incision had to be revised and reopened and heal open, which I'll spare you the details because it's pretty horrific. Um, I felt wrecked. I felt like my worst had just been left on that operating table, and um, I wasn't able to look at my body. I felt a lot of shame. Um, whether judgment was real or not, I, I felt very judged. I felt that, um, you know, I was somehow some, some form of leper, and, and again, um, you know, I, I, I felt pretty worthless. And all of that was new to me. Those emotions were things that in my entire, you know, 30-plus years of life, prior had never felt. And um, and one day, you know, kind of honestly feeling sorry for myself and having a crisis in the shower, I realized that, you know, I hadn't been able to look down. I had cringed when my husband touched me. Even when my son gave me hugs around my tummy, 
I, I just, you know, I, again, I, I cringed. I kind of recoiled at, at other people's touch, even though they loved me and supported me. And something clicked that I, the dialogue I had was similar to the dialogue that those other women had. Mm-hmm. Um, as a photographer, you know, it's kind of all I know how to do. I, I like to take pictures that tell stories. I like to write and tell stories. Um, I have a psychology background as well. So I really also kind of like to get in people's heads and, and hear them, hear their voice, you know, break down the facade that they show the world and, and, and listen to the voice that's actually the one that's inside. Um, and I realized that in order to change this for myself, I, I needed to tell my story. And I needed to show that my body wasn't broken. Um, I remember one evening when my daughter was in, in NICU and I was sitting at her bedside, I Googled um, cesarean scars or cesarean revisions. And um, good old Google showed me some images that were pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want women to see that. I didn't want them to, to feel like medical mysteries and, and things that were cringeworthy. I wanted them to see beautiful pictures of strong, joyful, whole women. And now when you Google cesarean scars, um, our pictures come up. Um, and it's just really important to me, you know, for myself, for my children, for all mothers and all children um, that we're able to come together. And regardless of our experiences, whether somebody's been through what I have or a version of it, or somebody's had a sunshine and rainbows, you know, pregnancy and birth story where everything goes perfectly well, um, I want us to be heard. Um, so that's kind of where all that began. It's been through, you know, several stages of evolution since, um, you know, we took my first photograph. But, um, you know, those common threads have really remained true since the beginning. When was that first photograph taken? June 9th, 2012. So we just celebrated our second um, year anniversary last week. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. And Thank you. Yay. And... I find that what so I I do some childbirth um, some postpartum preparation courses and part of how I start is by just googling the world in, in Google Images the word postpartum in English and then I go and I Google it in different languages so in Italian and Spanish and Chinese and Greek and Russian and it's almost like an anthrop- anthrop- anthropological review or mini study because the images that show up, same thing you're talking about with the Googling scars, what shows up is just when you do postpartum in English, it seems like you were Googling postpartum depression because it's very dark images. And that's right. what I what I saw like three years ago. But in the past two years, if I've keep I keep Googling it for these these uh, workshops that I do, and I can see the images begin to get lighter, and I can see mm-hmm. your images start to crop up. And so, you know, I can see the parallels changing with slowly within the birth community. Do you find sure. from your experience as a photographer that this project and projects, projects like it that are um, not exclusive to to birth that have been popping up are changing the dialogue and changing what is shown in general images of expectations for body images for women? 
Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be one of many voices in you know, this broader movement addressing our bodies and our stories and our representation, um, particularly in the media for all women. And um, you're absolutely right that that has um, begun to change. You know, I like to say that our tiny ripples have started be- to become waves. Um, you know, there are a lot of, of people, particularly a lot of women, working towards these common goals and, um, you know, little things. I'm just thinking last week when we were um, shooting in Boise, I got a text from a friend with a link to a Target swimsuit ad for the summer. And, um, you know, there could always be more diversity, of course, but um, in such a mainstream bikini ad, I had never seen such variations of women's size and, um, you know, uh, ethnicity portrayed in such a normal, happy way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're starting to see clothing companies, particularly those that, um, you know, are marketing towards younger women, um, not photoshopping their, um, you know, their clothing ads um, and catalogs anymore. Um, you know, there's, I think that at the very least, you know, much more of society, um, many corporations, many media platforms are now aware um, that we're all kind of raising our heads and raising our hands and, and shouting, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's see what we all actually look like. Let's represent all of us. Um, you know, rather than this mold that's been put out there for so long. How many women do you think you've photographed so far? We are currently between 900 and 1,000 sessions. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so some of those sessions have multiple women, so we're really creeping in on that uh, that 1,000 mark. Um, we photographed almost 4,000 children. Um, through the course of this project, and we think um, by by the end of our tour, um, that number, as far as women that we've we've photographed and shared their stories, will probably be around twenty five hundred. That is fantastic. Now, because I imagine these women are not only coming forth and showing their bodies, but they also open their stories to you. Absolutely, the storytelling element of this project is. Um, you know, is as powerful, I hope, as the images themselves. And we found that it's, you know, crucial that we pair them together. Um, you know, we've had media outlets out just to share the photos. And, um, you know, the photos tell our story, but it's not always the whole story. Um, and we very often find that through the, the safe and supportive space that we create and through the interview process that we do prior to our sessions, um, women really do open up. Um, and, and many times we are that space where women tell us, this is the first time I've ever talked about this. Mm. And that's things related to their, their pregnancies and their births and being a mother and that things going back in their past, you know, struggles from childhood through motherhood, um, good and bad that they haven't, um, ever said out loud. Um, my therapist told me once, um, and a client echoed this recently that, Sharing our stories is a basic human need, um, and it's a need that I think we often don't have the space to do or don't feel comfortable doing. And that's one thing about this project that I I really love is having that space and encouraging women to tell their story in full without judgment, without shame. Yeah, and feeling safe to do so. You've created that safe space for sure. Absolutely. So what are some of the reasons you hear um, from women for being a part of the project? 
you know, it's it's so vast. I think that we could, you know, we could spend all night talking about those those various reasons. Um, But the commonalities, you know, are that, you know, not only um, finding acceptance within themselves, but helping to educate and empower other women. Um, I honestly feel the farther we go along, women share their stories. We hear often that, you know, I read this mom's story or I saw this mom's photo and it helped me. And now I want to share my story and have my photos captured so that I can help someone else like me, which has been a really cool thing that's evolved um, over time. Um, You know, women that we work with are in all parts of their journeys. Some women come in and they love themselves and they are, you know, thrilled with the twists and turns that their their lives and their journeys have taken and they want to celebrate that. And on the flip side, we have women who come in in pretty dark places who, um, you know, whether it's that they had a challenging pregnancy or birth or they, they had a loss. Or everything, you know, went well on paper, but they found that adjusting to the new body or the new life that they're living as a mother has been more difficult than they anticipated. They want to participate in the project kind of as a a spark to maybe help them on their journey, kind of as the catalyst. You know, this is my first step in in addressing these problems. And, And some people meet us right in the middle where they've been really trying and they think that maybe this will be something to help them further along the way. Absolutely. And how brave for those moms who are, because if you're already feeling good about your body, it's a lot easier to just come forward. I know. <laughs> but if you're feeling, yeah. you know, judged, again, the importance of you creating this space and, and of all of us of creating spaces where women feel safe to share whatever their story or their rea- reality is, so that you know, these these women that are, might be in a darker space are coming forward and being extremely brave, I find, to, you know, see that as a step in their journey, in their healing or in their transformation. And that's, that must be so fascinating. Absolutely. And, and I think that you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It takes a lot of bravery. Um, and I and I think it's it's fun to know that to know how brave these women are and how much it takes. You know, I I like to live behind the camera, and this project started with me stepping in front of it. So, to a degree, I I can understand that. But that was still for me. It was my project. It was my my spark. And so it's fun to see them navigate that. And and I think it's interesting because I think if you surveyed the women that we've worked with and asked if they thought that they were brave, um, I think that they might define it differently. But mm-hmm. but I think for those of us watching along, um, we are able to clearly see, um, you know, how brave they are for, for, for going for it. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, so I was part of a similar project, and I, don't, I'm, I would guess you're familiar with it, the HELP uh, Portrait Project. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so that one is about having taking beautiful pictures of women who might be the, the every little. So it's a big project that has little community participation. So you kind of create your own help project in your community where photographers come together and 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 allow a space where women can get you know, makeup and done and have these great portraits taken of them and given back to them. And for them, some of them, they've never had a picture done. And I I participated in one and you could see the posture and the body just image of the woman changed 
as they were getting makeup, as they were getting their mm-hmm. hair done. By the time they got in front of the camera, it was already a different woman. Right. And I think that pro- that progression, sorry to interrupt, but I think that that progression is so important. And we've actually been asked um, why we include hair and makeup in our sessions. Um, and sure, it provides a, a, a thread of consistency and, and polish, perhaps, but we don't want women to look any differently. Um, we tease at our sessions that we want them to be a you know, sparkly version of themselves. But it's really that time. It's that tiny bit of getting pampered. It's that time spent warming up and getting to know one another that absolutely causes, you know, a, a, a change before it's time to even step in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some of the biggest transformations that you've seen or the, you know, most stories that have touched you the most? Yeah, so this is a question that I get asked um, almost any time we do press, and it's one that I don't flat out refuse to answer, but I always talk around, and that's only (laughs) because um, while I remember um, an eerie amount of details from every woman we worked with, um, I I try to remind people that while this is absolutely about the individual stories, it's even more about the community. Um, You know, it's hard to have one voice heard. But when you have thousands of voices heard, um, you know, thousands of voices shouting towards a common goal, um, it's so much easier. Um, So I try to speak more generally about the transformations and the changes rather than, you know, um, handpick individual stories. And I think you can go on our website or look at our galleries and, and see the transformation, you know, within those stories for yourself. Um, but I think that every woman that we work with, again, speaking more generally, enters our studio nervous. Um, you know, I'm sure there's been a handful of people who, you know, marched in the door just raring to go. Um, but nerves are so normal. You know, again, this, this takes a big leap of bravery. It takes a lot to to be open, perhaps to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there. We don't allow any anonymity within the project. That means in addition to being asked to share your whole story and being photographed in your bra and underwear, um, that you're, you're attaching your name to that, that you are signing up to be searchable um, and, and totally transparent. So those nerves um, that they come in with are, are very normal. And when you slowly see that start to melt away through the course of the, the shoot, um, you know, through hair and makeup, we see emotions come to the surface, to the surface rather, and um, very often kind of overflow as we conduct the interview and women tell their stories. Um, And sometimes those nerves come back when it's time to step in front of the camera. Sometimes they don't. Um, But that's honestly the the quickest part of the shoot. We'll hear echoed time and time again um, when women go to get dressed and I start processing the images that that they realize that it it was so, you know, so quick and it was so comfortable they never even stopped to think that they were standing up there having their their photo taken in their in their undies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't stop. You know the the process the transformation doesn't stop when we're done shooting. Um, you know there's a lot of emotions that come up when women see their images, and it's not always immediate. Some women do have a hard time um, even seeing themselves through my lens and not focusing on the perceived flaws. Um, that they're struggling with. But, but on the flip side of that, very often um, when they see themselves through women, they see a person that maybe isn't necessarily the, 
matching with the dialogue that they've created. Um, and I think that continues once their photo and bio goes up on our website and even more so when it's shared and they start to get feedback from our community and from their friends and family. Um, and, you know, two years in, we've been able to harness a lot of feedback from the women who have participated in this project in its earlier stages. And, um, and, and to see those transformations continue in their lives and in their families' lives as they trickle down to their children and their partners. Um, it's been so positive and it's allowed them to not only change dialogues for themselves personally, but for their whole families, for their whole friend group. And it's amazing just to see those um, things just kind of trickle down and out away from you know, the women who have, have stood before us. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that idea of the shared knowledge where I find it fascinating that we have, through the new media that we have and through um, these new outlets, we've kind of shifted the conversation or shifted the the, the media, but the conversation um, is getting to the same place of passing along the knowledge woman to woman, generation to generation, which is something that we kind of, in breastfeeding and in birth and in, in childbearing, we kind of lost in the kind of, yeah, I would say the past 50 years or so, if not a little more, um, where before moms just knew how to breastfeed because they saw it was normalized. So everybody breastfed and you saw everybody breastfeeding and you just kind of, just by living the experiences, knew how to do it. Um, right. And I see it as a, as a doula, I see it in birth. And this is, we're seeing the rates for postpartum depression just go through the roof and escalate. Um, and so this has got to, it is a, as a body of work, is a fantastic reference to normalize that um, for sure. I, I, I mean, I, you must be so happy every day when you go to work. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the old adage that, you know, if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life um, holds true. You know, what goes into this project is immense. And there's, there's some weeks and some months that, you know, between our daily lives, my daily life as a, as a wife and a mom of kids with some special needs and, and doing all this work, planning the travel and posting the stories and maintaining our communities. You know, there's, there's some times where we realize how hard it all is, um, but it still doesn't feel like work. It feels like a gift. You know, we get to do this. We, need, we get to travel the world and we get to meet these amazing women and we get to be entrusted with their stories. We get to be entrusted with themselves, um, you know, and that's no small gift to us. It's something that we don't hold lightly, um, you know, and I think because the pace has the pace has been so fast, I think there'll come a point in time once we slow down a little bit where it'll hit us even more, um, you know, what this, this project has all meant, you know, to myself and Polara personally. Um, but getting those images out there, as you said, normalizing, sometimes we'll hear, you know, I'm okay with breastfeeding, but I don't want to see it. Or, you know, I think women's bodies are beautiful, but why do I need to see this gal in her underwear? And as you mentioned, it's because seeing, seeing that takes back our power and teaches our generation and others' generations what, what normal is. Um, and I think that we're at a point in time where that shift is happening and is, is very much needed. Yeah. And we're not often exposed to women, images of women 
um, where they're vulnerable. So, you know, and they're on in their underwear, putting themselves out there that are not sexualized. Oh, absolutely. And again, perhaps it's because of my upbringing where bodies were normal and sure used for sex when appropriate, but not innately sexual. Um, the issues that we've had within the project, um, getting censored and you know attacked, for lack of a better word, um, for portraying women in a non-sexual way, was honestly a, a giant surprise to me. And it wasn't anything that I anticipated um, when we started this. So that's been a huge learning curve, how to navigate that and tell people, no, it's okay. Um, we had a client whose husband just didn't understand um, and, and I remember her telling him in front of us, honey, I think that the, the missing point here is that these pictures are not for you. They're not for sexual gratification. And you saw his eyes turn to saucers and he was kind of just like, oh, oh, well, mm-hmm. that, yes, that's what I didn't understand. And the other side of that, you know, we try to tell people that these, while these pictures are, you know, I guess primarily intended for mothers, for other mothers, for other women to see, they're for men too. Um, absolutely for men too, for our sons. Um, and occasionally we'll receive an email or a message um, from a young man. Um, and I feel like most of the ones they've gotten tested from college age men. And one stands out in particular only because he was so well-spoken and I wanted to hug him and I wanted to hug his mom. Um, but he mentioned that his entire life, the only somewhat undressed images of women he had seen had been through magazine covers, through normal media, and through pornography. And he admitted to having potentially mistreated women in his life and criticized and critiqued them and and treated them poorly because his standard was was Photoshop. His Mm -hmm. standard of what beauty was was media-driven and um, not necessarily something that's actually attainable. And he said it wasn't until he stumbled upon our images that he had seen what a woman's body looks like and all the variations. Um, And it was a huge wake-up call to him that, wait, women don't just fit, you know, my my girlfriend or my my partner down the road doesn't have to fit this one mold. Um, And that's really, really powerful for us, too incredibly powerful that's amazing that's that you changed his outlook and like you say everything trickles down so through changing his point of view you change the point of view how he's going to treat all these you know the women that come into his life and his daughter if he has a daughter and even his son like it just multiplies it's fantastic absolutely yeah so good so looking into the future right now you guys are just photographing and photographing and photographing and gathering so many stories. What's, you mentioned a little bit briefly, but tell us a little bit more about what's in store for the fourth body, fourth trimester body project. Absolutely. So we'll continue to tour at least through the remainder of this year and next. Um, We've discussed adding on 2017 to do some more additional travel, but time will tell. Um, our first book will be out the 1st of September, and we've committed to putting at least two more larger volumes of stories and images to follow that. Um, you know, having these photos as a more tangible thing that you can put on your shelf or your coffee table and flip through over time is, is really important to us. 
Um, in addition to that, we, um, we do gallery shows on the road sometimes and um, community talks, um, which are, are really important and allow us to access, um, you know, groups of people who may not otherwise find us online. Um, at some point, this project will kind of wrap itself up, um, you know, touring is something that, that is finite, um, but the project will continue to exist online for as long as we can keep it up. And we hope to, at some point, um, you know, kind of evolve into more as a postpartum support foundation um, to help women address many of the issues that um, have come up during the course of the work, you know, the struggles that women have with their bodies and with their lives and with all the things that, that women um, go through within the, the birthing process and, and without. So, um, you know, our hearts are are on this community and will continue to support it, um, even though, you know, two years from now, it might not look the same way as it does today. Mm-hmm. It'll evolve as, as any project does, right? Absolutely. So if um, you guys are touring and taking pictures, if a listener wants to be a part of it, wants to go and, 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 and take a picture, what does she need to do? Yeah, check in on our website, fourthtrimesterbodies.com, has all of the details you need to know in order to participate, um, as well as our updated tour schedule. So we've got all of our cities and dates on there for the next two years, as well as where we've already been. Um, and all of it takes is an email or um, you know, signing up directly through our website if women want to join us and participate themselves. Mm-hmm. And is there a cost to participating? We operate um, solely on donations, so we have three donation tiers. Um, we offer scholarship shoots, which are completely free, and then we have two higher donation levels, which are still very well counted um, on you know, general photography services, but allow us to um, have the funds that are necessary in order for us to travel and um, further this work. This project isn't anything that I get paid to do. I do it because I love it, um, so we're, we're simply self sustaining um, so every donation that comes in comes directly back to keep the project going. Absolutely. No, I imagine there's all these costs of, you know, the printing the photographs and the space rental and the makeup and the lights and Absolutely. yeah, there, um, uh, my husband is a photographer, so I know that there's a lot involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, as it, as the project sort of, you know, becomes more comes to a close for you do you think of branching out and being able to do something like health project that i mentioned earlier where you had guidelines for photographers in communities to do something similar yeah you know we we've been asked that before and i think particularly when we started we had a lot of photographers um you know kind of offer to donate their services I don't know that that's something that is in the cards for us, only because as a photographer and a storyteller, um, myself, this photo documentary is very much about my journey with these women. And um, and I, I think as somebody who now knows how important holding that, um, that safe and supportive space is um, and how the environment we create is so crucial for this going well for women, um, it would be really difficult to branch out in that way. Um, that said, as we mentioned earlier, there are so many other women, um, including a handful of photographers, who are addressing this, you know, this larger issue um, in their own way. 
Um, so I, I enjoy the fact that those voices are out there. Um, and for us in the future, I think we'll, we'll be diving more into, um, you know, where this starts. So many of our women echo that um, they they stop loving themselves, you know, in their childhood. And um, statistically, um, it's known that about age 10, girls stop loving their bodies. Um, so I think we'll, we're going to kind of move down the road a little bit and, uh, and, and talk to our kids about how they feel about their bodies and, um, you know, and continue our evolution of, of what this is and, and how we can change it. Mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing what you've got in store for sure. Absolutely. Yay. So can you tell us the website and just spell it out so that they can, um, if people are listening only, then they can know where to go? Absolutely. So it's fourth trimester bodies, and um, that's the number four, th, uh, trimesterbodies.com is our main website, and it links to everything else we're up to as well as our social media accounts can be found there as well. Fantastic. And I will put it on the show notes on the website for those who do, do listen through there. Um, they can read more about the project, more about you, and get the links for that. Ashley, thank you so much for being a part of this today. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. And even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.